0: In every real estate transaction, something comes up that the buyer or seller may have a question about. But in the heat of the moment, the question goes unanswered. Each episode, I talk with real estate experts and real estate vendors to provide a look at what goes on behind the scenes in the real estate world to get you answers. I blend in local Santa Cruz history, add some tips and tricks, all designed to help you be successful in your next real estate project. Tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. I'm excited to have a special guest on. All my guests are special, but Barry Karch of the podcast, The Real Estate un is truly a very inspirational podcaster, and I'm so excited to have him on. His podcast is for real estate agents who are introverts. Now we agreed to be on each other's podcast because we're both realtors and I talked with him and he seemed great. But I am a huge fan of his podcast now because it's very inspirational. He talks, he talk, he has podcasts uh, episodes that are don't be so hard on yourself and regrets and we make mistakes. And truly Barry is talking about what it is to be human. But also, while being a real estate agent, so I am very, very pleased to have him on. Uh, please tell me about your podcast, the title, and and um, a bit about your podcast and what the public needs to know about realtors. And
1: okay, sure, sure. Well, thanks, uh, Michelle. First of all, for having me on your show, I really enjoyed listening to it. So. Uh, this is a, a big honor. Thank you. Uh,
0: me as well. I love your podcast. I think it's great. I can I just add? I've been on a few podcasts and they just weren't my thing. Mm. <laughs> I was a guest. I was it, it worked, but when I went back to listen to theirs, I was like, oh, they they were lovely, but that wasn't that's not my niche.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we've all probably done that. I've I've had that experience too, but. Uh, to give you a little background on my podcast and who I am and where I came from, I've been a realtor for quite a long time. I've been a realtor for thirty-six years now. I don't, I don't know where uh-huh. the time went, but uh, somehow it's thirty-six years. I sometimes feel like a, a kid still. I started quite young in the business, and um, I was one of the youngest realtors in town. And I still feel like the kid sometimes. But when I look at the mirror, when other people look at me, they don't, they don't give me that uh, same <laughs> opinion anymore but uh, in any event uh, I started a long time ago and I always I never intended to be a realtor really I always thought I was kind of an unlikely realtor because I went I went to college I was at UT Austin and I was kind of a good at math good at numbers but I didn't really ever know what I wanted to do at at, at that age in my early 20s I didn't really have a passion for any particular, vocation and I'm always jealous of the people that know what they want to do early in life. I wasn't one of them. So, I was a good student. I did good at school, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. So, um my parents were in real estate. So, I said, I guess I'll just follow them into the business because they did quite well and not knowing what else to do, I decided I would go into real estate. And so that's kind of how I got into it. It was kind of by accident, not not a plan. And also, I was kind of an unlikely personality type to be a realtor too, being that I'm a quieter person, I'm an introvert, and I'm not probably what the general public would picture as a prototypical realtor. But looking back on my career, it's worked. I found that those traits... From being an introvert have worked and it actually led to whatever success I've had. And that's where the podcast came from. I created a podcast called The Real Estate on Salesperson to let people know if any of your listeners are thinking about becoming a realtor sometime in the future or wondering about what the career's like. You don't have to be real salesy. You don't have to be a really pushy salesperson. And you can be an introvert and you can be very successful. I've come to find and, and doing the podcast and talking to people that actually the majority of the top realtors are introverts, which is not what the general public might expect, but that no. actually is the case. So that's a, a little background about who I am and where I came from.
0: Yeah. The whole idea of how we grow in this business, um, there's a lot of systems and that are always trying to be sold to us, and they're, they are always so pushy. And we walk this fine line when we are really invested in this career and we want the best for our clients of trying to figure out how we service clients and their needs without kind of intruding as it were. And being an introvert myself, I always feel like, well, they're probably busy or they're You know, know, I can think of all these reasons Mm -hmm. not to call them and those would be called excuses. But really, in reality, it's having empathy for people living their lives and me calling them and going, do you want to buy or sell? And you know what I mean? It's that I feel like that interruption or and I worry about that. And it's not because I'm not a great realtor. It's just because I do think about people before I make that call. Like I get I get sales calls and it's just like, did you even look at my real estate a website before you called me about my website, you know, like that, it Mm -hmm. was such an interruption. And Mm -hmm. so that's a pushy salesperson idea versus that person who is, um, well, an non real estate salesperson.
1: Right. Right. Um, you know, I heard, uh, someone tell me a long time ago that no one is ever sitting around thinking now would be a great time for a realtor to call me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that just doesn't happen. So you kind of have to get over it and just give the people a call. And when I'm calling, I'm looking to serve, not sell. So I'm always thinking about serving them, helping them. I'm just trying to help them. That's all I'm trying to do. And that's kind of the mind frame that I take into the calls.
0: And there's, al- there's also the connect aspect. There's some clients that you work with that you've just really enjoy talking to or spending time with and they don't know anybody i called in fact i called a past client the other day and she said well my son you know kind of bought a house with someone else or something and i was just like cool and then we just talked for another 20 minutes you know because i just enjoyed talking to her so that's the other piece we have to remember too it's like well no i really like this person it's not all about selling all the time it's connection. no
1: you're right you're right it's not about selling and for for me it's really rarely about selling it's more about just helping them out um making a connection seeing what i can do for them so i i try to put them first and that that's all that i try to accomplish when i call somebody
0: and and why do you think realtors have gotten such bad reputations
1: well i think a lot of people equate us with a used car salesperson. I don't mean to insult anybody out there that might be a used car salesperson. <laughs> I don't know any personally, and I'm sure they're great people, but we kind of get put in that category that they think we're just trying to make a sale and we're just real pushy and aggressive and all we care about is selling. And so I think that's where that comes in. And that's kind of where the introvert thing turns into be a plus I found is people sometimes are hesitant talking to a realtor cuz they they're afraid they're going to get that aggressive pushy salesperson and when they find that they don't that they find they have somebody that is listening to them and rather than talking so much and not trying to push them they kind of relax and get more comfortable and that's when it really works that's one of the big
0: pluses one of the stories I tell about my early sales career because I've sold so many things. I've been in sales just since I was like 14 Mm. and Woolworths and all kinds of stores. And I worked at a leather store and I worked underneath the owner. He would be there. He was there all the time. And there were these very expensive leather jackets and people would come in and they would try them on and, you know, they would like them. And I say, you know what? Go to lunch. Think about it. And if you still want the jacket after lunch, we're here for you. And week after week, I would outsell him. He'd have to pay me extra wow. five dollars, and he would get so mad at me because he he had the script. He was pushy. I mean, he would sell a fair amount too, but mine was so much less stress. And we, you know, they were they they felt like they had room to make that decision on their own, and they were more relaxed and they enjoyed it. You know, it was just like oh. I'm going to get this jacket. And I feel, you know, and I, and I try to do that with houses too. Like I don't let people write an offer on the first day. They have to sleep on it. Mm. Even in this market now, that's so mm. fast moving, huh? Yep. Yep. I always, because you know what? they When they wake up in the morning and they know it's not the one for them, it's, it's so much less distress on everybody. And you have to read the disclosures up front. I mean, there's a lot of work to do. Oh, there is, there is for sure,
1: for sure. Usually, myself, when I'm done showing houses to people, I will ask them, "Did you find a home that you'd like to try to work something out on?" That's as much pressure as I ever put anybody. Just asking that simple question, and if they say yes, we we like this house, then I do proceed forward. I don't, I don't not allow them to buy it the first day. So I do, I do let them do it if they, if that's what they want, but I do not pressure them into doing it. So I guess we're right. a little different that way.
0: Kind of the same style though. I'm sure you're just kind of giving them that, that, that room to, to figure it out.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to push them into it or try to talk them into buying a house at all when I show to them, but I'll right. just ask them simply, did you find one you'd like to try to work something out on? And right. that, that's as, as much as I do.
0: Uh the other thing I was thinking too about the high rate of turnover and the fact that it is a people business and not a house business how does that play into the introvert style versus someone who is very salesy would they actually go into a different field um, what how does that that turnover rate and not what what people who come into this business expect
1: yeah um that's a great point michelle that and that leads to actually another one of the strengths of the introvert is we tend to make good connections with people we may not be great at networking at large events but one on one we tend to be able to make very good connections with people and it's all about that connection i would rather connect with a person i'm not trying to sell anything i'm just trying to help them find what they want, achieve their goals, whatever it is they're looking to do. So I'm putting that first and doing whatever I can to help them. And I'm trying to be friendly and um, assist them and basically provide service, but not sell. So um, I think the people that are pushy and looking just to get this transaction done at all costs are the people that are going to be gone quickly in the business because it's really not about the transaction. Like you said, it's about the person and the relationship. And if you're able to build a good relationship with your clients and they enjoy working with you, then you're going to get that repeat business and referral business from them. And that's what really the career is all about, to be successful long-term. It's that repeat and referral business. It's not a one and done and move on and find somebody else.
0: Yeah. That's, I always try to explain to my clients the transaction closed but I'm still here for you if you have questions or you need something mm-hmm. I'm still here in other capacity but I had the honor of listing a home and it was the first my first sale 15 oh, years wow. ago that yeah.
1: is awesome I don't yeah. you love it when that happens yeah and when they, they come back to you
0: yeah and it's interesting because we hung out and it was just like it was like we've been hanging out the whole time. I mean, there really wasn't any, we had a connection and it was still there.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love when the people come back to me and I've had a number of people, as long as I've been in the business now, I've had a number of people come back after many years to, to want to sell their house. And it, it's so rewarding, like you said, because these are people who already know, like, and trust you. So they're fun to work with. They like you, you like them. And it's, it's just a lot easier to do the business. And, you're not always having to hunt down the next the next person or the next uh, right. person to sell a house to. Well, we always still have to
0: kind of keep out, keep going. Well, we I have to grow that, our
1: sphere of influence too, yes.
0: Well, in our town too, I, we lose a good 30% of our database every year because we have a, a very high turnover here. Really? Yeah, so we have people come in and they buy for their UCSC students or for a second home. Uh, COVID really brought out a lot of people who had bought here and decided they wanted to uh, exchange into an area that was closer to their home or to family. We have that. So we just always have a lot of people coming and going. Mm. So we, I mean, I sell probably a good half of my listings every year selling to people who are moving out of the area. Mm. Wow. Yeah,
1: that is a big turnover. Um, I'm in, I, I don't think I mentioned, I'm in El Paso, Texas and we have a good turnover too, probably not to the extent that you have. We do have a military base here, so we do have a lot of oh. military people coming in and moving out in about three years' time. So we have wow. a lot of turnover from from the military, but uh, the overall turnover probably not to the extent that you're talking about in your area.
0: Yeah, I I was looking at my you know my list of clients, and I was like, why don't I have a big one like so and so? You know, there are these big top agents, and I was like. Oh, because they get to continually sell in that area where mine move in or move out. And I mean, they, they're they taking that, that business somewhere else. It's not like I don't stay in contact with them, but, you know, the referrals and Santa Cruz is a little bit of an outlier in terms of referrals. Mm. Um, sometimes people are coming here and I get plenty of referrals, especially from other agents, but uh, most people who are moving out aren't in contact with people who are moving into such a high-priced area.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yep, you've got to continually always work to grow your business.
0: So you had touched on a really good thing is what what um why often the the best realtors are the ones you might not expect be be the best real I mean how do you say that uh, may not be what you expect.
1: Exactly. You know what? I was um one time I was talking to my accountant and he had another realtor client or he was, he was getting a realtor client and she was a really nice lady. The, the client, the realtor, nice lady, friendly, outgoing. Um, and the, my accountant said she must do great in real estate. She must be fantastic. Well, she did okay, but, um, not what he w- expected. Um, whereas someone quieter like me, you might not think would do so much and, I did quite a bit more business than she did. So you just never know. So why is it? Um, Sometimes people have different skills. Sometimes people that are very good at talking, they might not be so good at following through and uh, doing what they say they're going to do or just following up with you. So different people have different skills. And um, you just never know. But uh, it all depends on the inner drive the person has. No matter how they are on the outside, it's the inner drive, the determination and, and, uh, how much effort they put into their work.
0: Yeah, I, there are a lot of great realtors in in my community and some of them, of course, are just, you know, they're, they're doing a a very high amount, but I always think "I, I like what I'm doing. I also get a chance to connect, um, with people and spend a lot more time with them. And I'm not running around from listing to listing and, you know, we always want more business, but at the same time, I've just this summer, I had time to really enjoy some families I was working with. It was so fun. Their, their daughter was a little nut and I just enjoyed her so much. And like, I just really had time to just really enjoy that time with them. And that with but you had a good point about the CPA. I'm hiring a new one and, and I came in, and I'm like wearing jeans and my tennies, or and he, he looked at my returns. And he was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay." Not what he expected, but, huh? <laughs> I'm fairly understated, but um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you um, just
1: can't tell. You can't tell um, by the outward appearance how someone might be in their career,
0: right? And the other part too, of just backtrack on the busy agent is I always feel like even when I'm talking to a busy agent that I'm taking up too much of their time. And I just always think, what's it like to be their client? Do they do that have that same hesitancy in their voice and their manner where that person would think, well, I'm important enough to get some of her time or if I'm not important enough to actually be taking her time. And I think that a quieter agent, it's just a little bit more in tune with what they're feeling and probably picking up a little bit on how they they are feeling about how the interaction's going. And I, I take my cues from other agents. I watch them as well. Not for what they're doing wrong, but just like, oh, how do they run their business? And I, I study other realtors. I, st- I study the business. And I, I want to always be really sensitive to how the, the consumer is, is – how they're being treated and and how are they, what are they taking away from the transaction, which is all my content is about.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a whole big, broad range of personalities in real estate. But um, to your point about people sometimes being, or realtors being real busy, um, I try, I strive when I'm working with somebody to try to appear like they are my only client and right. focus on them and be unbusy as I can I try to turn off my phone and give them my undivided attention and I I hope to make them feel important rather than myself feel important so that would be my goal wow
0: yeah no that's that's really key I like that not to make yourself feel important yeah and that is that maybe that's where the turnoff for me is it's by them being so busy it's reminded me how how unimportant I am (laughs) and how important they are no you're very important (laughs) There's one in every crowd. I, I, I find something to like in everybody. It's not. I don't. I don't have any beefs with anybody. But it, it's always interesting when you make phone calls. And the last year, I called so many more realtors because we weren't seeing each other out on broker tour or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I was on the phone with a lot more people, and it was interesting how much different they were on the phone. So I was, I was kind of tapping into all these personalities that I know and and how different they are and they. When somebody doesn't work with me, I just think, oh, they found somebody who works for them better. Not, I wasn't good enough for them. It was just, they found someone who they felt more comfortable with.
1: Well, you're not going to be the right person for everybody. I mean, there's, there's no way you're going to be everybody's cup of tea or, or me or anybody else, no matter who you are, you're going to, you're going to, um, mesh well with some people and some people you're not going to be what they're looking for. And it's, it's hard. It's very hard when they choose somebody else. And you mm-hmm. wanted the business, but you have to deal with it. And I'm still learning to deal with it after all this time. I can't say <laughs> it's easy, but I have to realize I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but um, I'm going to be a cup a, a, the, the tea for my niche and certain yeah. group of people I'll work well with and others I'm not going to. Right.
0: And then let's just uh, touch on, you know, it, it was in the news this week about uh, Zillow ending their iBuyer program and um, I had been with Zillow for a number of years and they s- straight up told us at a conference in so many words that they wanted to replace us, even though I mm-hmm. still use their service. Talk about the importance of people using a realtor. In any capacity and style, you have a you have a good perspective about how realtors will never go away. We won't be replaced by little showing robots. And why is that? Right.
1: Well, real estate for most people is the biggest purchase they're ever going to make in their life. And you really need an advocate that understands the transaction. There's a lot of things that can go wrong and realtors can help steer you in the right direction, avoid pitfalls, um, anticipate things that can happen and avoid them before they even happen. If you're trying to just do it on your own, then you're going to, no matter how much you read or study on the internet, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And it's it's too important of an asset to make a mistake. And um, back to Zillow for a second, I found it very interesting that they always have these estimates out there that everybody seems to have so much faith in for some reason. And yet, when they're doing it for themselves and buying homes, and trying to make money on them, they're losing money like crazy. So it shows you how great their estimates are. They can't even predict the values for themselves. So why should anybody else rely on their estimate? <laughs> I
0: like that. <laughs> I think it's interesting too. Is that um, while they they had the whole goal of not really having realtors that when they buy and sell, I've I've come across Zolo execs say, "Go hire, go hire a realtor." Mm-hmm. That's just how they do it. Yep. Yep. It's not quite
1: so easy. It's not just all based on technology. I think they're finding that out, that it does take a human touch and a local advocate for the the client to help them interpret the data and understand the market.
0: Yeah. And and what you said earlier about uh, avoiding pitfalls or, um, you know, the thing is I've in most transactions i do there's always one thing that needs to be solved or one mm-hmm. thing that was overlooked by an agent myself or the other agent that needs to be fixed so that's where we come in we're just like oh i'll just call this person or i'll just we just do it like this you know where the unexperienced person doesn't that that person who's trying to do it themselves um, or possibly just going through the listing agent and the listing agent's not doing anything really for them that those pitfalls are where we just kind of pick up the ball and we can kind of keep running. And and that's, you just can't do that with a, an automatic program or, or trying to do it yourself. No,
1: exactly. You know what I've found in just about every transaction I've done there's always, you always get to a point where it's about to collapse for some reason. Something comes in out of left field. It's unexpected. drama. Yeah, it just happens. And there's it's, always a
0: drama moment. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: always something that comes in somewhere. You don't know what it's going to be. And that's where you really earn your keep. Because like you said, you've probably been through something similar before. You know who to contact, you know what to do, you know solutions, and you can help steer the ship back onto a the proper course, where somebody that's never done this before, they wouldn't know what to do or have any idea how to handle it. So that's where our um, experience really comes in.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if we see a problem coming in, then it doesn't come. At least we were kind of looking at all the, you know, where everything was going. I've had some transactions where I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't. And I was like, fine, I'm good. Right. I was prepared. That's, that's the whole thing As we know how to be prepared as well.
1: Better to be prepared for the problem and, and have it not come than not be ready for it, right?
0: Yeah. I, I, I prefer being wrong. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes
1: I'll warn my people. I don't like to dwell on too many things that can go wrong, but sometimes I'll tell them up front, well, this could happen. Don't be surprised. And this is what we'll do to deal with it. So I just kind of let them know different things that could happen just right. so they don't have a surprise down the road.
0: We have such similar businesses. I, I, I like to tell people I don't I don't like to overload them. I, there's a there's another thing too I, f- I feel if a, a good realtor does is um time it. You know, you kind of measure out the information you measure out the expectations and you don't overwhelm them with everything at once because you know once they get it into contract they have a lot of things to think about the deposit and disclosures and all that okay well maybe we won't quite worry about the appraisal at this point mm-hmm. we'll, well you know what i mean like we know how to also baby step it so it's not too overwhelming
1: yeah you know there's so many things that can go wrong in every transaction as as we know but most of the time, they don't happen. Like you said, the problems that you anticipate they don't come up. So there's no point in worrying clients about all of these millions of things that can happen that don't happen. So um, they usually work out. Things usually close, thankfully. But um, they they do get a little shaky some at some point. But uh, it usually does work out. So there's no point in stressing over all kinds of stuff that may never happen.
0: So before I let you go, um, tell me a little bit about your market. It's different than California, way different. So, <laughs> multiple offers. Uh, what what what's it like? If a buyer was coming into your area today to buy just a, a straight three two ranch, what is it?
1: What does it look like? Okay, we do get a lot of buyers coming in from California, and they love it because our prices are considerably less money than it is in California. So. Um, our, this is going to probably shock you, but our average sales price is probably, it's just gone up recently too, because the last couple because of years, of Californians. Yeah, well, probably because of is coming in, but our mm-hmm. average sales price is around 225,000. Yeah. And that's going to get you a pretty nice house. It's going to get you a pretty nice house depending cool. on, you can, can get, get a, a pool. pool. Yes, you can get a pool. You can get a home. You can get a brand new home even for that price. So you can get a very nice property. That's why a lot of people from elsewhere like it. We're one of the lower cost areas. We do have multiple offers like most places around the country now. It's maybe not quite as crazy as it was a few months back, but we still are getting multiple offers and the list price is kind of a starting point still. Most of the time they're going to sell list price at the lowest and that's not that common. They might go a little bit over list price, so we still have a strong sellers market here too. Um, but uh, that's that's what it's like. In most listings are selling within a few. That's what it's like. In most you, listings you, are you, selling okay, within a so few days. Talking
0: about my so, style of asking people to sleep on it, we generally have about a week before offers are looked at in general. Okay. So if the offers were due tomorrow, I would say, of course, we need to get moving. Yeah, I wouldn't. But it's always worked out that the offers were being looked at at different times. So we'd have some time to mull it over because okay. we have a lot of no contingent offers. So you, you really can't be pushing people into something they could lose money over. Right, right. We do have some no contingent offers too.
1: Sometimes we have a deadline. You must Offers will be looked at okay. like two or three days from now or whenever it may be. Other times, some agents will present them as they come in, so it really depends on the agent on that particular house. So we kind of have to check in our market of what's going on.
0: I'm gonna do am um, I'm gonna do a quick, probably podcast and a video on strategy and helping buyers understand that they need to really look at the style of the agent and they need to look at, um, they need to kind of look in a certain market because we have a few brokers in our in our market that they have a style. And that style may not work for you basically because they're going to run the price up versus looking at the agent, not just the house to see, oh, maybe I could write an offer and get it accepted and not have to wait for multiple offers. Because Mm -hmm. some brokers, I've told buyers, I'm like, we're not going to get it. We're just not going to get it. They're going to run it up so much and they're going to get between. We have one that had 23 offers just recently. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I had one. This was a lower price, even even lower price than, than the average. It was on the low end for here. And um, I kind of like the lower end property sometimes too, because there's so much activity. But I had a, a lower end home. And uh, this was maybe six months ago when things were really crazy. I had 43 offers on it. That was the most I ever had. How much yeah. did it go over? It went about 20, 25% over asking price. Wow, yeah, and it was non-contingent. So with that many offers, you're going to get some really good offers.
0: And so you didn't stop them at some point because we did have an agent locally that after 22, he said no more.
1: I had a deadline of when we weren't going to take any more, and but I I didn't stop at a number. I waited till that 5 p.m. whatever day it was. That's when I cut it off. But it was it was pretty crazy. Do you have an assistant? I have. A very small little team. My wife is a realtor too. We work together. Okay. And then we have one other uh, co, I wouldn't call her assistant. I would call her a business partner, really. And um, she helps out with everything too. So there's really
0: three of us. Wow. Yeah. I'm still a solo agent at this point. I don't think my husband would be a good realtor. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) It's true. You never know. He's more of a people person, actually. Mm. He's the people everybody he's the person everybody talks to when we you know we go out and everything and I'm yeah. just like Ugh. sometimes I'll just go you just go. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> not good at the small talk. But yet all I do is go on my podcast and go on YouTube and talk at people.
1: And you there do you a know. good job of it too, huh?
0: <laughs> I think so. So um I'm going to link your information um, in the podcast. Your uh People find your podcast uh, everywhere, right?
1: Right. It's Apple, Amazon, Google, iHeart, anywhere. Yes.
0: I think it works just fine. If you're not a realtor, I think some of your stuff is just very uplifting. And um, it, it, I the one that you did on the uh five regrets. Uh, oh right. Yeah. Right. I mean that doesn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not all. It's not all directly real estate. It, it's real estate focused podcast, of course, but it's not all directly how to do this, how to do that. It's not so much tactical in real estate, and I, I try to a little five doesn't sound very uplifting. I do try to have an <laughs> uplifting, an in inspirational podcast. Yes.
0: Yeah, I I I I I thought that was really good, and I think anybody um, that's being reminded somewhere around that they being an introvert or you know as your other podcast your guests said there's all just different types and and helping them understand okay they're an extrovert not that they don't always have an easy day either um we assume that they do sometimes it seems like Mm -hmm. it's easier for them but um everybody has their own style and that's what i love about your podcast because it's just helping people be comfortable with who they are and, and where they are not you don't have to change you don't have to do anything just embrace it and here's some here's some good tips
1: right well thank you thank you michelle
0: Awesome. Well, I um, thank you so much. And then I'm going to be talking to you really soon.
1: Yes, you're going to be a guest on my show. So everybody can check you out over there.
0: That's very exciting. So um, thank you very much. And I, I look forward to speaking to you soon.